It's time once again to play the piano made of frozen Windex. This is 20 Questions Tuesday, the podcast where one guy asks another guy 20 20 questions. questions. I'm David Brunel Brutman. And I'm David Reinstrom. David, what's up? Well, first of all, it is Bastille Day. Bastille Day? Oui, joyeux jour de Bastille. Something. You know how I know the tune to the French national anthem? Casablanca. Casablanca. Called it. Yep. That is also how I know. Is it still? Is the German national anthem still the same as it was during the war? I think. I thought it was Deutschland über alles. Well, they have that. They have that anthem fight. In the middle of the movie. Right. And the Germans lose. Oh, I'm sorry. Deutschland über alles is just part of the national anthem, the Deutschland lead. Okay. The Song of Germany. The Song of Germany. Well, I'll give it to the Germans. <laughs> they name things very practically. <laughs> what is the Marseillaise? What is that? What does that name refer to? The city of Marseille, I thought. I thought it referred to, like, some revolutionary from the city of Marseille. Yeah. It acquired its nickname... Okay, so, uh, this song acquired its nickname after being sung in Paris by volunteers from Marseille marching on the capital. Okay, cool. So, you know, it's very patriotic and bloody. But yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. like, evocative. Like, even, I mean, America... Let's be honest, guys. We're a little milk toast. Yeah, for real. But... Star-Spangled Banner, that's evocative of a, of a national symbol, you know? That's got mm-hmm. some sweep to it. Germany's just like, eh, oh, Germany song, whatever. <laughs> Allons en France de la patrie, le jour de gloire est arrivé. Contre nous de la tyrannie, l'entendant sanglant élevé. Yeah, all the lyrics are about, like, spilling your French blood all over the place, right? Oh my god, yeah. There's a lot of blood in this song. And to be fair, there's a lot of blood on Bastille Day. Arise, children of the fatherland, the day of glory has arrived. Against us, tyranny's bloody banner is raised. Do you hear in the countryside the roar of those ferocious soldiers? They're coming right into our arms to cut the throats of our sons, our women! Are these the literal lyrics? Yes. Christ! Oh, French people. Yeah, see, people are like, oh, these French, they're so postmodern and obsessed with death and nothingness. Mm -hmm. But they've always been that way. Sure. That's been their thing the whole time. They're just gonna, like, you know, run headlong into the arms of death. It's just that now they're like, eh, you know, I will run headlong into the arms of death by uh, smoking too many cigarettes. Eating too many macarons. And in the past they were like, I will run headlong into the arms of death by falling upon the enemy's saber <laughs> while stabbing him in the face. This seems correct. So what's up with you, man? Did you have a good 4th of Julie? Yeah, speaking of bloody national holidays. Woo! I mean, 4th of July isn't that bloody. Uh, I had a really nice 4th of July. I went away. I went to the woods. Nice. With my Into the woods? I went into the woods. There were giants and wolves. I went deep into the woods of the Adirondacks. Great. Uh, with my girlfriend and my family. And I had a lovely time. It was very relaxing. 
Jenny and I went walking in the woods, and Jenny got eaten by every mosquito within a five-mile radius. Sure. Um, so, you know, that, that one was a little mixed. But uh, we we did a puzzle. What was the puzzle of? We did a thousand-piece puzzle of this, like, wintry little, like, way northern New England-y-looking town. Um, we thought that we had, we almost completed it. We had one piece mm-hmm. that was left blank in the puzzle. But there was no piece to be seen. Where was the piece? But ho, dear reader, the piece was uh, balanced precariously on one of the floor grates of the house. And I plucked it off and I put it back in. We finished that fucker. Nicely nice. Yeah. Oh, it was very, it was zen. Doing a puzzle is very zen. You know, like when was the last time you did a puzzle, right? I can't remember. Yeah. Do it. You'll get in the All zone. Right. We didn't even put on like music or anything most of the time we were doing it. We were just like, we had we had a flow state. It was cool. very relaxing. And we went kayaking. Uh, this was great. the first time that Jenny had ever gone kayaking. We went out on this lake, and I paddled behind her, and I sang the Jaws theme at the top of my <laughs> lungs <laughs> as I slowly closed in on her boat. <laughs> what have you been up to? How was your fourth of Shualai? So we all went to Convergence Con in Minneapolis. Minneapolis St. Paul. Okay. Well, actually, technically Bloomington, Minnesota, home of the Why Mall does of that America. sound Oh okay, yeah, that's why that sounds familiar. Yep, yep. It's a it's a suburb to the south of the Twin Cities. Yeah, there's that amazing uh John Hodgman bit from his book about the Mall of America. Secrets of the Mall of America? Yeah, which I think is is just a reading of a piece that he did for a magazine. You, I take it, did not go to the Mall of America. We did not go to the Mall of America. So uh, Jillian and the Our Fair City crew and I went, and we knocked out a kick-ass live show, and I did a bunch of panels. Um, we do awesome. the thing that we do every year now at conventions where we get everybody together in a room, uh, which is t- technically a panel, but we move all the chairs out of the room and just have okay. this big open space. And then, and then you just Clayton, you just like what you just feel out the space, man. You just walk, you just feel the space. No, we fill the space with our voices because we use uh, Convergence for recording crowd sound effects. Oh, that's great. Yes, I've heard some of these crowd sound effects. Yeah, that we, they, they go right into the show. Did I tell you the story of last year, though? You did not. Tell me okay, the story. So, so last year, this was the first year we did this, this activity, which for some of our fans is like the highlight of that convention, which is great. Yeah, um, it's fucking awesome. Because, uh, you know, you get to you get to run around and jump and scream and do fight noises. Everyone's favorite is usually... And then you get to be in the show. And then you get to be in the show that you like, which I think is great. A thing that they really like to do is, like, die very loudly. So <laughs> they'll be attacked by various monsters, right? Yeah. And Jeffrey will have everybody arranged in a line, and then he'll just point to people one by one, and Clayton will move down the line with the mobile recorder, and they'll just go, ah! (laughs) Which is great. Last year, we had the misfortune to have our panel scheduled right next to a panel that was all about, that was entitled, Myths About Mental Illness. Oh, no. 
So here we are, we're having everybody like singing the ants go marching and like running back and forth and screaming at the top of their lungs. And the saddest moderator came in and was like, guys, I just, I mean, I, I wonder if I could ask you to keep it down. You know, there are oh, people no. crying next door. Oh, and we no. were so horrified. So we, you know who you know, I'm we, imagining walked over. I, I just saw inside out uh-huh. the other day. I haven't seen it yet in the spoilers. I'm imagining, you imagining. I'm imagining that sadness from Inside Out walked over. Yeah, like that kind of person, just like so, so hangdog and slump-shouldered and sad. Yes. Um, I was on a panel about foley art, which nice. was great. I was on a panel about podcasts. Uh, that's appropriate. Yes. Tell me about your uh, podcast panel about podcasts. It. Uh, it was a beautiful mess. Um, <laughs> the the guy that was much to like be our podcasting as an art form is well, a beautiful that was mess. Our, the guy that was our moderator like didn't like podcasts very much. I don't know what he was doing on the panel. Wait, what? He was very dismissive of like all of us and all of the audience members. That so what we basically did, we just went back and forth along the panel thrown out recommendations nice uh i talked about our fair city for a long time so then i didn't mention 20 questions tuesday i know i'm so sorry boo uh uh but i wrote down we came up with top 85 podcasts holy shit i was gonna ask you top three podcast recommendations uh 20 questions tuesday yeah that doesn't count people are already listening Top three podcast recommendations. Go. Judge John Hodgman. Yes. 99% Invisible. Yes, yes. Oh no, Ross and Carrie. Oh no, Ross and Carrie. Boom, done, great. Those are my three. Uh, yeah, I I adore all three of those podcasts. If I had to throw in a fourth, The Adventure Zone. What are your top three? Oh, I have to come up with a top three? I was. Yeah. You're the yeah. one who was on the panel. Yeah, well, you're equally qualified to be a podcast expert. You have been on as many minus one podcasts as me. Yeah, but you're on that one a lot. I don't know. I have to think about it. Uh, oh. <laughs> There's too many. There's <laughs> <laughs> too many podcasts. Ah, <sighs> uh, cereal. Fuck, I choked up. <laughs> I picked wrong. Top three picks for new podcasts that you should yes. be listening to. Yes. That you might not already know about. Super Ego. Mmm. Totally improvised podcast. I saw them live. They're fucking geniuses. Wits, really cool variety show type podcast. Lots of cool guests on there. And I listened to, I don't know if this is, uh, oh, should I throw out a recommendation for something that I don't, that I've only listened to one episode of? Yes. That I really liked? Yes. Okay, uh, here's what I listened to today. And it was really excellent, really interesting. I don't know if the rest of the podcast is any good. This one episode was good, though. Okay, it's this podcast called Imaginary Worlds, which is a science fiction and fantasy podcast. Uh, The episode that I listened to today, which has convinced me to subscribe to it and find out about the rest of it, was an episode called The Mysterious James Tiptree about a really well-known, influential science fiction writer of the mid-20th century who refused to appear in person or talk on the phone Hmm. because James Tiptree had a secret. What's that? 
I'm not telling you. Listen to the thing. Well, I looked this up, and the the second most recent episode of Imaginary Worlds is called The Greatest Cartoon Almost Made, and it's about Richard Williams' Thief and the Cobbler, oh, so of course I'm going fuck to... fuck yes, which like, we both love to Like, death. I just know right away this is the most solid possible recommendation you could have possibly made. Yeah. Well, that one episode, really excellent story. Those are my recommendations. Awesome. Imaginary Worlds, Wits, Super Ego... Listen to them. Solid Rex. Solid Rex. Solid Rex, bro. Good app. Good app. We stole that. Yeah, listen to uh, you talking you two to me, guys. <laughs> if you like this, no, if you like this podcast, listen to you talking you two to me. It's done. They're not doing it anymore. Well, it's not done, but you know they're not currently doing it. They might pick it up at some point. Adam Scott of Parks and Recreation fame, Scott Ackerman of Comedy Bang Bang fame. It's ridiculous. And they sit down and talk about the band U2 for hours. Dave, would you say... It's amazing. I mean, isn't this podcast sort of conceptually inspired by You Talking U2 to me? I mean, in my mind, You Talking U2 to me is our number one influence. That, that's just in my mind. I don't know how you well, feel about okay, that. Okay, but here's here's the big difference between them and us is that their their central anti-joke is that they always veer off from talking about you 2 at the last second, but we always like always stick to 20 questions. Like it's that's in the true. name. It's in the name of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we should try that. Like try talking about something else that's not related to the game for, I don't know, like 15, 20 minutes. No, well, we could try it. We could. I don't know. We'll have to have this discussion off air, obviously, sure. you know, if we want to change up the format. Yeah, that'd be weird. I mean, maybe this could just be a talk show where we just talk at each other about stuff. I'd do that. Are we having this conversation now? <sighs> no, 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 no. We shouldn't have this now. We should, we should definitely talk about it off air. Okay. I, I don't know what the listeners want. I think listeners come to this because they want to hear us play a game of 20 questions and only play a game of 20 questions every week. Yeah, that that checks out. Do you want to play 20 questions Tuesday? Oh, yeah. Let's go over the rules. Okay. Rule number one. I will think of a thing. Rule number two. David will ask only yes or no questions to narrow down the nature of the thing. Rule number three. If David exceeds 20 questions, the game and reality as we know it is over. No more than 20 questions are permitted. Rule number four. If David correctly guesses the thing in fewer than 20 questions, he wins the game, and we all get to live for another week. And rule number five. No running, no diving, no inverting the fabric of reality. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Bro, I want you to ask me a question. Okay, here we go. Question number one, hotten it up. Does it take place in the present day? Oh, shit, no. Is it alive? Nope. Does it take place in the future? Definitely not. In the past? Yes. In the distant past? Nah. Last 200 years? Yes. Last 100 years? Approximately 100 years. So in the 20th century then? In the 20th century. In the first half of the 20th century? Definitely. In a specific year or over a span of time? I'm thinking of a specific year, but if you get like a decade, it will... You know, you'll be good. The 30s? No. The 20s? No. 
Uh, does it take place in the United States of America? No. Does it take place on planet Earth? Yes. In Europe? Yes. In Western Europe? Yes. In Germany? No. England? No. France? Yes! Bastille Day! Oh! Oh, this is a Bastille Day related thing! No, it isn't. It just takes place in France. It takes place in France. Uh, during World War II? No. Uh, during World War One? Nope. But in France during the first half of the 20th century? Most certainly mes amis. Okay. Oh, wait. Is no, mon ami. I mean, maybe there are more than one of you. I don't know, David. Uh, we are Legion. Oh, dear. Uh, okay. Does it take place in a specific French city? Um, uh... No, not... It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to, but it probably does. Okay, but it's not like, oh, I'm in this particular, you know, the 10th arrondissement of Paris. It's not nah. that. Okay. I mean, okay, it can take place in multiple cities. Okay. Like, it is possible for it to take place in multiple cities. So this is an event? Not really. Kind of. Not really. It's not alive. It's not a person. It's not. It's not a work of art or anything. Uh, it, it's a work of art. It's a work of art. Is it uh the premiere of something? Uh, no, it's not the premiere of something. It's like the thing. The thing. So this is an art thing that happened in France sometime in the first half of the 20th century. Yes. Before World War One. Yes. And it's not the premiere in Paris of the Firebird in 1911 that caused a riot. <laughs> no, but I like your thinking. Uh, is it a uh, visual art? Yes, but uh, is it um, is it interdisciplinary art? Arguably. Um, is it theater? No. Is it film? Yes. Is it the Lumiere Brothers? No, you're getting close. Okay, but it's it's related to the early development of film in France. Uh, I wouldn't say it's related to the early development of film in France. I, I mean, not not in so much as it's related to the process. Okay. Uh, is Georges Méliès involved? Oh, yes, he is. Georges Méliès, famous father of uh, French trick photography. Yes, one of the first... Uh, special effects artists and earliest film directors. So that would have been about, like, what, 1905, 1906? I was thinking 1906, specifically. Okay. Well, Dave, it's good to know that my film degree is good for something. Haha! <laughs> finally! So, okay, so Georges Méliès, yes. magician of the silver screen. The very same. Uh, is directing a film. He has directed a film. He is screening a film somewhere in France. Yeah, he's screening a film. Is it a specific film? Yes. Is it Voyage to the Moon? No. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? No. Is it a Georges Méliès movie that is real? No. Ah, okay, thank God. <laughs> okay, so you're thinking of Georges Méliès screening a film in 1906, and I have to figure out what the film is. Yes, you do. Is there anything else? That's it. You have okay. to figure out the title of this film. I have to figure out the title of this film. Yes. Is the title of film in French? Yes, but uh, figure out the English translation. Okay. Um, does this film concern people? Uh, yeah. There's people. 
Does this film concern supernatural beasts? No. Does this film concern magic of any kind? Only the magic of cinema. Is this film of an anachronistic genre? Certainly. Is it like a cyberpunk heist film? <laughs> uh, no. Like all of a sudden, it's 1906 and there's color and synchronized audio and like surround sound Dolby 5.1, like that. Everyone's just freaking out, <laughs> screaming. Some French grandma's throwing up. What the hell do you think would happen if not? E- not even if you show if you show them an entire movie. You know, there's there's the famous story about people screaming and ducking in the theater at the end of the great train robbery when the guy points the gun and shoots at the screen, right? Sure. Or shoots sure. at the camera. What the hell would happen if you took one of those people and you plucked them out and you put them in a modern movie theater and you showed them just just one trailer? Just one trailer for, like, Transformers 4. I think they might literally die. (laughs) I think they might actually have an episode and die. So you said it was an anachronistic genre. It is an anachronistic genre, yes. Is it a romantic comedy? No. Is it a film from the future? Kind of. Like, is it an existing film that Georges Méliès somehow, like, snatched from the future? And somehow made in 1906? Yeah. A hundred years before it was actually made? Yeah. Yes. It is? Oh, okay. Is it Bad Boys 2 by Michael Bay? Ooh. Interesting guess. But no. Interesting guess. Uh, well, because you said the thing about Transformers 4. Yeah, well, I wouldn't have given you that kind of hint. Is it Singles by Cameron Crowe? No. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's a ridiculous, wonderful movie. <laughs> Jillian made me watch it. It's great. Okay. Come to Debbie Country. Come to where the flavor is. I don't like the sound of that at all. It's a uh, video dating profile from the film. Oh, dear. It's great. Uh, so it's a... Is it? Did, did I ask if it was a romantic comedy? You did, and it is not. It is not. Is it an action movie? Yes. Is it an American action movie? Yes. Is it an American action movie with Bruce Willis in it? Nope. Is it an American action movie with Tom Cruise in it? Nope. But it's an American action movie from the 20... Is it an American action movie from the 21st century? It is. From the last five years? Not from the last five years, no. Is it the last five years? Uh, is that a movie? Yeah, it's a movie. It's a musical. Hmm. Well, in that case... No. Is it an action musical? That would be amazing. Is it Hudson Hawk with Bruce Willis again? No, I already said Bruce Willis isn't in it. I know, but that was the only action musical I could think of. Is that wasn't? Is that what that uh, is? Well, I don't know. I think his thing... I've never seen the movie. I think the thing about Hudson Hawk is that he's supposed to um, pull off heists timed to musical dance numbers... Because he's timed out exactly how long it will take him to do a thing to that song. That's goofy as shit. Yeah, it's goofy as shit. I gotta want to see this now. Is it an animated movie? No. It's a live action. It is a live action action movie. Action. Action, action, action. Action, action. Are there cars in it? Cars. No. Is it Cars by Pixar? No. Not, Not an action film. Um, are there guns in it? Yes. Does this movie pass the Bechdel test? 
Mmm, doubtful. Well, but that narrows it down, doesn't it? <laughs> High five. I saw this thing about a, um, uh, a, a people of color version uh, of the, oh, you know who, the Bet Shell you know, test. You know who does that is Dylan Marin from uh, Night Vale. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's, that's, his, uh, that's his blog. Cool. Well, this one was a little different. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't characters talking to each other, but somebody took a bunch of movies and they re-edited the movie so that the only so that they only contained lines of dialogue spoken by actors of color in the film. These movies turned out short. Like thirty seconds. Yeah, long. yeah. Some of these movies became real short, real quick, just by doing that. Which, uh, you know, that that tells you something about the state of culture in this country. Sure. sure. Does this movie have any prominent minority actors in it? Why, yes, it does. Actors of color, a male actor of color? Yes. <laughs> um, is it an action comedy? Well, I don't think it started out as one, but it ended up as one. Is it bad? I don't know because I've only seen the first five minutes of it for a very specific reason. Uh, should I tell the story now or should I wait? Yeah, I can, no, I can tell, tell the story now. You can, all right. I can tell the story without revealing the title of the movie. I went to see this movie the day before I left my hometown to go off to college. I went with my two friends, Brad and Andrew. We were excited to see this movie. We sat down in the theater. The movie started playing. I think you've given it away. It got about five minutes in. And then the film melted. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. And it was, and we're like, oh, okay, something went wrong with the projector. I guess they'll like swap out another print or something. Nope, Usher comes down. Hey, everybody, we're sorry. The film melted. We don't have another copy of this film. We got to order a new reel. Uh... Sorry, here's vouchers for a nut for a future viewing, and we're like, we're all leaving for college tomorrow. This is useless. So I never saw that movie. Was the movie? So first of all, was the lead actor Samuel L. Jackson? Of course it was, because the year was 2006. Yes. And the movie was Snakes on a Plane, wasn't it? The movie was Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> wasn't it, David? You son of a bitch. Yup. Now, David, yes. if if Georges Méliès made Snakes on a Plane in 1906, instead of whoever the hell actually made Snakes on a Plane making it in 2006, what would he title that film? Again, in English translation, though I do have a French translation uh, written down. If he... Wait, what would he call it in 1906? Yes. Um, snakes upon a right conveyance? I'm not sure. Like a right brother? I, I was going to say serpent sur un avion. You're very close. But the, the entire thing has has been adapted. Consider uh, Milliers has prefigured this movie entirely from scratch. This is one of the, as we know, uh, Georges Milliers made uh, about 500 films, mm -hmm. uh, 300 of which are lost forever. Like, they're just gone off the face of the earth. He burns some of them. 
negatives got lost, they degraded, some of them just straight up, you know, they were put into storage and they vanished. They'll find one every now and then, but there are 300 of this guy's movies. 300 movies! That's insane. They're gone for all time. Yeah, so let us consider that this is one of his lost films. He somehow prefigured Snakes on a Plane in 1906, but he did it in a 1906 way. Snakes on an airship. Yes. Snakes on a hot air balloon. No, go back to airship. Snakes upon a zeppelin. Des serpents dans le zeppelin. Starring <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Actual Samuel L. Jackson is in this movie, by the from, way. From the present? Yes, the, the real one. From the present day. That's magnificent. Yep. So, David. Wait. Oui. What was I thinking of this week? You were thinking of famed cinematic magician Georges Méliès premiering his new film in 1906, Les Serpents dans un Zeppelin, starring Samuel L. Jackson from the present. Precisely. And of oh course... God. And of course, at the climax of that movie, Samuel L. Jackson utters his immortal line, I have grown weary of these confounded serpents on this thrice-damned Zeppelin. <laughs> Is he wearing like a jaunty bowler and riding a velocipede around the Zeppelin? Uh, I believe he is wearing a kepi because I think he was a po- I, he was either a police officer or like an FBI guy in, uh, in the modern version. So I'm going to say he was a French constable. He was, a Paris- okay. he was a Parisian constable. God, you love Kepis so much. They're great. They're great. It's, uh, um, listeners, it's a conductor hat. But uh, in some places, they're police hats. It's Dave's favorite kind of hat. It's a great hat. It's a great hat. It's uh, actually the, um, the caps that soldiers wore in the Civil War are Kepis, which, you know, if you, if you see a Kepi... Uh, what you're seeing is like a short cylinder with a brim, right? And you know those Civil War caps are kind of wobbly, right? They're like soft. Uh, that's actually a kepi. It's the same. It's the same cylindrical hat, but they just took the cardboard out of the out of the area around the hat, and they left like the round top of it, and then it just sort of collapsed on itself, and it got all floppy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Totally the same hat as, like, uh, an old-timey French policeman would wear. Sweet. Mm-hmm. True facts about Kepis. True, True facts. facts. About Kepis. Let's go over to the Scoratorium and see how you did, David. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. All right. This week, obviously, we reverted to the steam power setting on the Scoratorium. Yep. And uh, it's all in black and white, except for that hand-colored part over there. Oh, that's nice, though. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I did that frame by frame. That's beautiful. Thank you. And uh, don't mind the floating heads. What? That are all the same head. Just ignore those. Okay. All right, David. Here's your score. Okay. You got that one in eight questions. Nice. That is a respectable score, my good friend. Thank you very much, my good sir. Mm, yes. This is my old-timey voice. I'm, this is my old-timey voice. I'm going to use it forever now. You know what You know what that voice is, I just realized? What? It's the voice that uh, 
Strong Bad's old timey, the old timey version of Strong Bad. Yeah. From Homestar Runner. It's the voice that he does. I think of that as being your um, FDR voice. Mm, yeah, that's definitely an FDR voice. We have nothing to fear except everything. I'm a cowardly man <laughs> trapped in a metal exoskeleton. That's what FDR was like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a dreadnought from Warhammer 40,000. Wait, 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 hmm. wait. Yes. Best, best World War II fanfic ever. You have nothing to fear because I am a dreadnought. We have nothing to fear except my rotating metal claws. <laughs> and that's how you play 20 Questions Tuesday. This week, we'd like to thank iTunes reviewer Girl Over There 11, who calls us quirky and wholeheartedly fun. Thanks, Girl Over There 11. If you like the show, you can follow Girl Over There 11's example and leave us a review on iTunes. Just search for 20 Questions Tuesday on the iTunes store. You can give us a star rating or leave a written review, and we'll thank you on a future episode. For special bonus content and show notes, you can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash 20QuestionsTuesday. And follow us on Twitter at 20QuestionsTues. And you can keep up with everything we do at 20QuestionsTuesday.com. Our theme song is Blood Meridian by Curlew, licensed under Creative Commons 3.0 license. The music you heard under the show this week was by Lache Swing, licensed under a Creative Commons license. If you'd like us to use your music, message us on Facebook or Tumblr. Up next, stay tuned for The Todd Couple, the show about two guys named Todd who have to learn to live together. I'm David Brunel Brutman. And I'm David Reinstrom. Good night!